Hello and welcome to another BNP Paribas Wealth Management Podcast. I'm Giert, Chief Investment Advisor, and I'm here with Edouard Debonnet, Investment Advisor, Fixed Income. Hello, Edouard. Hello, Guy. Today, we're going to discuss the U.S. bond market, in particular, government bond market. And the reference is, of course, the 10-year government bond and thus the 10-year yield on this government bond. We've seen in the past few decades since the 80s a continuous fall in the bond yields. We were actually at levels as high as 15% and slightly more early 80s. And we've seen in the last 40 years a gradual but relatively continuous fall in those yields, reaching a low in the summer 2020 at around 0.50. So the question is, of course, what is now, what can explain this and what do you expect? Yes, well, there have been ups and downs, but yes, the general trend has been down for 40 years indeed. Uh, it started, as you said, in the early 80s. Inflation was very high, close to 15%. The US Federal Reserve uh, did everything it could to bring it down with massive rate hikes, and it actually succeeded. Uh, since then, it's true that we've never had periods with such high levels of inflation. There also have been uh, several crises that have pushed central banks to act. They cut their policy rates uh, to support growth, and they also bought bonds in the market in order to lower long-term interest rates. And that's why we ended up with lower and lower rates until last year. Well, we know that when yields and rates are falling, the value of existing bonds is rising, so the price of the bonds are rising. This explains, of course, why the performance of government bonds and bonds in more in general has been very good in the past few decades. Now, of course, with now the expectation uh, that the that the falling uh, trend is is over and that we could see yields higher the question is of course uh, what about now the performance of uh, those bonds in the future it probably does i mean if you look at a very long term chart the rise in the 10 year rate has been so strong that now at around 2.4% the 10 year rate has broken the bearish channel that was formed uh, since the 80s. So that's because of expectations of monetary tightening, and therefore that's also because of inflation. Uh, with the COVID crisis, the world economy came to a halt, the global supply chains were broken overnight, and that created inflation. And then uh, that was increased as the energy and food prices rose further due to the war in Ukraine. In February, inflation was almost 8% in the US. Uh, the Fed is now forced to react as inflation is not decelerating. Well, we've also had the Fed hiking a first time now in March. We have also the central bank promising more rate hikes in the future. The bond yield on the 10-year government bond has been rising. We are now already at past 240 and of course, uh, the question is, uh, will the 10-year yield continue to rise from here? That's a big question at the moment, uh, especially since uh, the Federal Reserve is expected to give more details very soon on how it intends to reduce its balance sheet. If it decides to do so by selling bonds into the market, then okay, rates could rise further. 
but this is not our main assumption. Uh, we think uh, they would do it in a more a slow and gradual way, just like they did in uh, 2017, 18, 19, when they said that it would be uh, as interesting as watching paint dry. Uh, for us, it seems uh, that the engines of the rate hike uh, will start to run out of steam at some point. Uh, the expected inflation is already well priced. There is no big difference anymore between the forecast and the realized inflation figure. The market is already expecting eight rate hikes by December, which is quite a lot. And most economists are lowering their gross forecasts. So all, all of that does not really argue for a 10-year rate much higher than today. You really have to push uh, the variables in the models to see the 10-year rate go above 275 or 3%. Well, we spoke a lot about long-term bond yields. Uh, the question could also be for short-term uh, maturities. And of course, the fact that, or the question, whether all those expected increases in the interest rates are already priced. So the question is, of course, does that mean that short-term rates should not rise any further? Yes, that is our view. I mean, the yield of the two-year bond is about 2.4%. It incorporates the market's expectation of eight rate hikes this year and two next year. And we don't see the Fed being able to deliver more than that. So that makes the two-year rate quite attractive for us. Well, beyond those short-term, long-term rates and yields, the question that has come along in the market is, of course, whether the sequence of, ex of uh, rate hikes that we are now expecting is increasing uh, the risk of a recession uh, in the US, so a risk of uh, consecutive quarters with negative GDP growth. So the question is, of course, also to you, what do you think about the increasing, uh, potentially increasing risk on the um, recession in the US? Well, the risk of recession can be assessed with the shape of the yield curve. There are different models that exist and they have been proven to work in the past. The most common one is to look at the spread between the 10-year rate and the 2-year rates. When the spread is negative, the 10-year rate is lower than the 2-year rate, the yield curve is said to be inverted, and that is a sign of recession in the next eight, 12 to 18 months. That's an indicator that has worked every time in the last eight recessions. If we go back a bit further over the last 13 recessions, it has worked 10 times. So it's quite reliable, but it's not infallible. Today, the gap between the 10-year rate and the 2-year rate is 22 basis points, and that means the risk of recession in one year is 25%, which is not negligible. However, we can question the predictive power of uh, this indicator today, because the Fed has bought so many bonds in these quantitative easing programs that it has manipulated the CCL curve. But in any case, it remains an indicator to follow. The Fed of New York prefers to look at the spread between the 10-year rate and the three-month rate. Uh, that, according to the model, predicts a recession probability of around 5% in one year. So that is quite negligible. Uh, and finally, there is another model that has come back to the fore since uh, the Fed chairman talked about it. 
It's a model that only takes into account the market's expectations on the evolution of short-term rates. So it consists of looking at the spread between the three months rate in 18 months versus the three months rate today. If this gap is negative, it means that the market anticipates a rate cut in the very near future and therefore that the economy is slowing down strongly. That is not the case today and the spread is about 230 basis points. So if you convert that to a probability of recession, it's very negligible. And that's also our opinion. I mean, we don't expect a recession either this year or next year. Well, thank you. Let's stop on this optimistic note. Thank you, Edward, for your insight. Dear listeners, you can contact your private banker if you have any further question. Please feel free to share and subscribe to these podcasts if you like them. You can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podcast Addict, or by searching with the keyword BNP Paribas Wealth. Thank you. See you soon.